Hello and welcome to the Two Blocks Talking Podcast. See with your host, Anthony Thewlis. And Dwayne Straffer. Um, yes, you'll probably be able to hear the uh, noise in the background of coffees being made. We're in our uh, local coffee shop trying to get some uh, freebies. Um, <laughs> they've kindly donated the table to us in back corner and uh, turned the music down, um, which is very nice of them. Um, today's topic, uh, no, not today's topic, but today's podcast is going to be a little different from usual. We're not going to cover... A main topic because we found um, four very very interesting stories, uh, which I think will lead off into different conversations and and things like that. So we'll uh, get straight on with it. So as we do always, uh, Dwayne, how's uh, your week been? My week's been all right. It's been all right. It's uh, <clears throat> I'm very tired this week. Um, you probably tell throughout this. Um, a bit less energy than usual. Um, but no, it's been good. Um, is this why we've come to a coffee shop? So you can have it. a caffeine kick? This, this is it. We're taking uh, two blocks on tour um, <laughs> just to uh, get me get me a bit of a fix. Um, powered by coffee this week rather than Guinness. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to kind of get out um, of the house. I've been at home uh, with my son. Cabin um, fever. Oh Yeah, all week. Um, and that's not a complaint whatsoever. Um, but everyone out there who's got children knows it, it can be a tough tough start to you uh, well first few weeks of their life's basically survival for them isn't it yep that, so you have to care for every need you have to do everything you have to and so it's sort of like you, you're in a bubble aren't you sure. that, that new baby bubble making sure everything's alright and you're double checking and you've probably gone gone into the room to make sure that it's still breathing and <laughs> yeah <laughs> well else. that's it and because because you're not at work because you're not working yourself, your routine's all over. You know, I'm getting up at half, half three. Yeah, routine. Um, are you stressed? Food, food, are yeah. you stressed? Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got a routine. Um, and then I'm um, I'm kind of back up again and sorting my kids out. Da, 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 then your day goes on, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But no, my week's been all right. It's, it's good and I'm I'm getting used to it. Um, yeah. You got your first test of uh, being a new dad and uh, rugby at the weekend. Um, how did that go? Yes, Um I was powered by Red Bull that day. Um, not something I usually do, but um, Red Bull. A, if you're listening, you can send us some free Red Bull freebies. if you want. Yeah, it was a couple of um, it was a couple of our journey to up to uh, North Wales where we played, um, and I could feel it um, yeah. before the energies were a bit low. And that's just something I'm going to have to learn to manage and, and get used to. Now I've done it for a week, I'll be fine. Well, yeah, that's it, and it's all about adapting, and uh, you know. Once that sort of like new feeling wears off, it'll be then about establishing routines and sure. everything again and get rid of the stress and find ways to adapt. Um, so I'm sure you'll be all right. Challenge Cup, so you're through to the next round? Next round, yeah. We've uh, got through to the round. We've drawn Featherstone at Featherstone. Um, it's a tough one. Yeah, Flat really cappers are always yeah, yeah. Are all right at their own, uh, in their own ground. Hostile um, place to go play. Yeah, and uh, somewhere where I've at the very start of my career where I actually played um, yeah. for a while so it'll be I never thought I'd probably play there again but it'd be good to go there and you know anything can happen on the day depends who turns up have they still got a, a slope on their ground and then the two different stands on one side is that it's been extended they didn't used to be a they didn't no. used to be a stand at the back and now there is Please. I think they've got some yeah and then they've got then they've got two different stands on one side haven't they yes yeah, yeah. So interesting um, interesting ground to go play at um, my week um, so Saturday, I think we'll probably touch on this, but I got up Sunday morning actually, got up to watch the Tyson Fury fight, um, woke up at half past three before the alarm actually, and I didn't need to, because it didn't come out until about five o'clock, um, 
and then uh, Gemma, my missus, comes up with these wonderful ideas on a Sunday morning because uh, we had my mum and dad and my brother and his partner coming up. Shall we go to another play gym on Sunday morning? Now, I've been up since half past three, and, she went, and we ended up going to a play gym. Now, one thing that they should say when you're going to a play gym is, a bit like Galatasaray's football stadium, welcome to well, because it's just they're a, a lawless place with kids just running around. And, yeah, so I was very tired. Then we had my family come up um, Sunday, so it was good to see them. Um, then uh, back into work on... Monday. Today I've uh, picked up my new glasses, um, so they work. <laughs> I can I can see again now. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Um, but as I just mentioned, the Tyson Fury thing. I don't think we can do this podcast without mentioning it. Did you watch it? Did you no, watch a replay? I of saw it? the highlights of it. Yeah, it. seen all the highlights. Yeah, so I got up. Got up at five o'clock. Um, not in a million years did I think uh, Tyson Fury could knock him out. Uh, or get the stoppage like he did, and I yeah. think he was emphatic in his in his win. Um, at the end, I felt sorry for Deontay Wilder. Yeah. Now that's very weird in a in a combat sport that you would end up feeling sorry for somebody. They were that beaten up. They were that confused. Didn't know what to do. Looked a bit dead on the ropes. I actually thought the stoppage was right. Correct. Yeah. Um, I understand now that his trainers ended up getting sacked um, on back of it. But the thing that I don't like on back of it is the excuses on the back of it. And it's not just like, a, oh, I broke my hand in the second round or I was injured going into it. We're getting stupid excuses of his suit were too heavy walking in. Now, he must have tried this suit on before he wore it in and realised, actually, this is a bit heavy. Just a silly little excuse. He's, he's, he's lost respect, hasn't he? He's lost whatever respect that he had um, for going in there. I think, like you said before the fight, nobody would have said that Fury would have demolished him the way he did. The bookies definitely didn't think so when they were offering prices of 33 to 1 and, and stuff like that on round betting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think people thought it were going to go all the way and it was going to be a points decision at the end. Um, but he, yeah, he absolutely did some right damage to him. I've seen plenty of videos um, of the state of Deontay Wilder in the corner and how, how bewildered he looked, head were down, bleeding from his ears. I mean, how, how can you turn around and, and uh, say that the corner did wrong? How can anybody even say that? Because if he'd have gone back out and Fury would have put him on the canvas and something really, you know, <laughs> extreme would have happened and he ends up in hospital, they'd have said, why did he get stopped? Sooner. Yeah, it's it's all right having all this bravado, and I, I think Deontay Wilder's come out with a ridiculous statement saying, "I oh, he wants a, a body on his record, he wants to kill somebody in the ring, and this, that, and other, and because he expects, oh, he wants to do that to somebody, he expects the same treatment. Now, I'm not being daft, and he's got a wife and kids at home, and he's got a responsibility to them. Like, it's, and I, I put my neck on the line here. But it's, it's just a sport at the end of the day. It's just two men, yes, punching each other. But for it's prize fighting, so they get yeah. paid for it. It's not a street fight. There is rules, and he's got a he's got a wider responsibility. And, and also, might sound a bit contradictory to this, but being a boxer, he's a role model for his boxing. Yeah, 
only his boxing ability and, the, and everything to do with boxing. So then he needs to be a role model for the next generation coming through and saying ridiculous stuff like that and coming out with statements, yes, we're all proud, we're all this, that and the other. But if he gets seriously injured in that ring, where's the blame then? Like, his corner's going to get blamed, yeah. somebody's going to get blamed. So I think the stoppage and everything was fair. Uh, moving on from it, though, I do think if um, that was Anthony Joshua who'd got that win, I do feel there would have been a greater reception for him back home. Yeah. Um, I do feel that nothing really will happen on the back of it. You know, um, we talk about sports personality of the year and everything else. Um, Tyson Fury won't be nominated. It might be nominated. He won't win it. I think he will. I think he will. Because and, and I had, I admire him a lot more myself personally now after watching his um, the kind of documentary that's been on ITV yeah um, that's two a four that part it's of, yeah. two two parts of how he how his mental health is and, and things like that and for him to be out there and saying these things and not hiding behind it and to put that out there before the big this biggest fight of his life I think it's, it's a good thing and I think, I think the support yeah. of his wife and, and that kind of thing I think more amazing. recently he's become more inspirational to people hasn't he he's you know I think he was a bit Marmite before that, um, and yeah. then it, it, all of a sudden he's become this massive inspiration. Where you know he was obese, at, I think 28 stone, and he was suffering from mental health and had suicidal idea, ideation and and things like that. Um, and obviously he's, he's turned his life around now into where it is again an undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, two time heavyweight champion. And without getting into the politics of it, he never lost those belts. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, but I do think if it'd have been our poster boy and Anthony Joshua, and I've got nothing against Anthony Joshua, I think he's a, a terrific boxer and a terrific personality and a really good role model for people growing up. I do think there would have more been made of Anthony if Anthony if that were Anthony Joshua than than Tyson Fury. That's just my personal you're, opinion. You're beginner boxing, um, and you've got some knowledge. Um, two questions for you. Yeah, go Joshua Fury. Does it happen? I think it will. I think it's got to happen. Um, I'll be disappointed if it doesn't happen in the UK and they go bow to the Saudi money um, because you know it's it's a fight that the British public demand. Every belt's up for grabs by two British people, yeah. so it's got to happen. I think it will happen, but obviously there's the the trilogy which I don't think there's very much demand for because when you look at it, I think it's something round. So where did it get stopped? Round seven. seven. So I think it's 16 rounds to probably three to Deontay, uh, to Tyson Fury yeah, over Deontay yeah. Wilder. So I don't know about the demand there for that. Okay. Maybe they'll accept some step-aside money. And then my other question, do you see Deontay Wilder coming back from that, from that loss? Um, like in his career, not against Fury, just in his career at all. Now he's been broken. It's a it's, it's a difficult possible, one. It? It's a difficult one because I think his record going in uh, was something like forty three fights, forty two knockouts. So he's never been tested. His chin's never been tested. Now you could call him the most dangerous everywhere on the planet because of that one punch power that he that he had that could end a fight at any, yeah. any point. But I think Fury were prepared to walk through that, and they were prepared to. Take him on head, yep. head to head, you know, and it, 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 it would, 
It was strange actually seeing Tyson Fury command the middle of the ring and actually dictate and took it to Deontay Wilder. And then you're gonna are you gonna lead on to a third question? AJ versus Fury who wins? On, so before that fight on Saturday, I, um, I couldn't see AJ losing just because of the way he boxes. Because yeah. I didn't think Fury possessed the knockout power that he did. After that fight on Saturday night, Fury wins uh, 99 times out yeah. of 100 on that performance. It was um, a very mature performance from what I've seen, the highlights of it definitely. Yeah, how it um, worked the, the, the thing you'll have difficulty with, anybody's into box, boxing, I think Anthony Joshua likes to throw a few combinations uh, which Fury tends to struggle with but we won't get too deep into it but be an interesting fight really, really good fight and it'll be the biggest fight in British boxing history I think um, probably you could sell out Wembley three times over the demand yeah. for it will be massive um, so I hope that happens as a sporting spectacle at the end, end of this year and uh, something to look forward to um, but yeah Good weekend of, of sport, really. Um, yeah, so we'll get into our, our first story. Now, this one, this one's really strange to me. Um, they all, all our stories carry a bit of a adult theme. Uh, we're, not, <laughs> we're not weird, we're not strange. A bit of humour. A bit of humour. So this first news story is a woman spends £230 a month on nappies to maintain her lifestyle as an adult baby. And she's decided to go public with this because the shame felt by many in the community. Now, I, I believe I, I'd never come across this story before. So I believe there'll be more shame now <laughs> that she's gone public with the story than yep. what's in her community. Um, as a person who's changing nappies quite regular now, Dwayne, um, what, what's your take on this story? <laughs> it's absolutely bonkers. I mean... Firstly, where is she getting nappies from? For that yeah, in, who's in that size, adult nappies. Who's selling? They are, I know they do make them yeah, for, yeah, for in concerts and things like that in the elderly. Um, but you know, like who's who's there weekly or daily, whatever, selling her these nappies, knowing that this is what it's for. Um, and you know, I don't want to be too crude and things about it, but you know, is she soiling these nappies? Is she being and then changing herself? Like, what? Why? Why that you know? Why is she doing this, and and where has this come from? And then this is how she spends her day. So she spends her day playing with uh, toys and creating. So the toys is in baby toys. She spends a day playing with baby toys, and then she creates online content for adult baby diaper lovers. So this is this is another. This is like a, a group of people that are into adult baby diaper lovers. So she's got 430 subscribers that pay for her lifestyle. Yeah. She's had furniture specially made so she can sleep in a crib. She's, and people subscribe to this to see her so she makes content for them. So, so she obviously, in, it says here on about high chairs, so she must sit in high, somebody must feed her. <laughs> you know, you're not telling me this woman's got a husband. But she, <laughs> Well, she might have a partner. I mean, what if she has her own children? Like, what kind of influence is she setting that you don't need to evolve from being a uh, evolves not the right word. You don't need to grow up from being a baby. You can be one all your life. She's twenty five year old. Yeah, like, I, I've seen the I've seen the the, the f sometimes programs about blokes that have this fetish about pretending they're babies and wanting to wear nappies and by the 
dominatrix or whatever, yeah. but that's a kind of something to pay for on a weekend. You're yeah, not living your whole life like that. So she wants to live her life like this, and then she's got 430 subscribers that are enabling her to live her life like this because they're paying her money. So then they can view her online content now. So, so that's her. That's her full time job. That's her full time job. So the be all end all. Who's who's more stupid? Like the people subscribing, or her for doing it? Yeah. The be all and end all at this point for me then with with these stories. People are out there. People. There's people out there that are strange or or you know that they see as normal that they choose to be now. If you're if she's funding that herself by whatever she's doing and she's being paid and she's choosing to waste her money on buying nappies every day rather than going to the toilet like the rest of us, or bit this flat furniture and acting like a baby, but she's earning that money. Fair enough. If that's being funded by the taxpayer and by whatever else because she's a <laughs> dosser, as a dosser, then I have a massive issue with it. If not, fair enough. But maybe it's probably not wise to go public about it because people. But I'm always she, kind. Yeah, but she might get more subscribers then. Then she can live a more lavish baby lifestyle. Like she could maybe upgrade her toys to electronic ones that play the alphabet back. And well, if it takes off and she ends up being a millionaire or something, next has got loads of spare nappies. I'm sure we can squeeze <laughs> into a couple for the next podcast. But, what, but what's going on? Why are, why are you allowed to basically do what you want? Like, why is this allowed? Again, Mad. pretty bonkers. This has happened in America as well, uh, USA. Pretty liberal, aren't they? Um, can do <laughs> do what you want. Then we're going to story two now. Story two. So this man is um, um is smoked marijuana for a long time, um, and he ended up smoking marijuana one time, and he ended up getting an, an erection. That lasted 12 hours. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, that might sound good on the outset, but could you imagine trying to go to the toilet, trying to, well, having to get up for work next day? And I don't know. <laughs> I've got a story about this. Um, it's a different story compared to this story. Yeah. <clears throat> Not personal. Yeah. Um, I can say I've never taken Viagra or any kind of stimulants like that. One of my... Friends, I'll say, yes. teammates, associates, whatever. No um, names, or no names. No, no, no names. I couldn't, <laughs> rem- I couldn't remember the name, actually. I couldn't even remember the name. Uh, I remember somebody once telling me that they'd taken um, Viagra or something along those lines. Definitely not marijuana. Viagra. Um, and I'd had an erection for three days. Um, and after three days, because it didn't go down, I don't know if somebody had spiked it with too many or something, but he had to go to the hospital and have his um, penis injected, injected, yeah, injected. To, to drain it out. Um, Not that I know about this. I've read this article. Yes. So I read this story and they, he had to get an injection as well. Um, but continue your story. But it just sounded like I knew. Yeah, that were, well, that were <laughs> it. To make it go in print, he said it was the most embarrassing and probably excruciating thing he'd had to go through. Uh, yeah. I um, can't imagine it myself. So it apparently often. it's called a priapism, where uh, an erection persists for longer than four hours. That's not related to sexual stimulation. So, like, like uh, uh, 
I just can't imagine you having to get into your car. Now, yep. depending the size on how you have your steering wheel in your car, that could cause a problem. Then going to A&E, like, you've got to give your details over. And then there's that one question. And there's always that one question of, and what is your problem, sir, or madam? Now, most of the time when you answer this, you don't feel like you should be at hospital anyway. Yep. I've got pain in my thumb, this, that, and all that. It turns out you broke your thumb. All right, so that's justified. Yeah. Um, so, what's your problem? I've had an erection for 12 hours. Well, do you tell her? Do you tell her, or do you do, you do the old look down and kind of, well, this, this? <laughs> little point, little point to it. I point down and go, I, I can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of it. And then, like... Bonkers, like, absolutely. Again, another bonkers story. Pretty strange. Don't know. Maybe I need to change where I'm reading news stories because <laughs> you're finding these. <laughs> they just come up on the news feed on my so social media. So he's got this by smoking marijuana. The last yeah, day. yeah. Social media. I find these stories. Um, so he's the guy has smoked marijuana, which is giving him an erection. So there's, is he saying there's something in it now that's the stimulant? Or I don't know. Is marijuana a stimulant? Well, I don't know, but um, it's a drug, not normally related to giving you a a huge erection, though, is it? Um, no, I don't think it is, but... Are they saying weed may have been responsible? Oh. So, not... Weed may have been responsible, or maybe it were the four uh, Viagras that he took uh, before he smoked that weed. After he had <laughs> a spliff and couldn't remember taking those four Viagras. Um phenylephrine injection uh, which is what he had uh, to make the erection go down phenylephrine is something that I see a lot in um, cough medicines when you have cough medicine or cold and flu tablets there's always paracetamol caffeine is that the stimulant uh, phenylephrine because I only know this because I've had to search for phenylephrine a lot of times uh, on global draw to see whether it's something that can be taken in cough medicines for when you have an illness when you're a sportsman Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that that's what they're So maybe we need it. to go away and Google what this actually does to you. This, uh, what's it called? Phenylephrine. Phenylephrine. Yeah. Interesting one. Um, yeah. A 12 hour action might not be as great as what it seems. Uh, I don't think it would be, to be honest. So going on from that story, I'm just reading down to story three here. The story three, yeah. We've gone from somebody having a... It follows... Well, this, these follows two stories follow the theme, but I don't think it's the same... I, I don't I think, think it's I the same I prefer guy. the first one than this one that you're going to read out, to be honest. Um, Only just... So, a college athlete. Um, must have been quite a decent college athlete. Um, decent pole vaulter. Sets off to do his pole vault. Puts his pole into the... Into hole. the ground, into the hole. <laughs> Propels up into the air, goes over the pole. And I don't know if you've watched pole vault before. Sometimes the pole, it stays in the air for a bit. Yeah, and then it, it tends to nearly like fall down after him. So I'm guessing this bloke's done the pole vault. His pole stayed up there, he's got over. But his pole started to fall. And as he's coming down, he's only gone and sort of like landed on his, on his pole and caught his old chap. On, on the pole uh, and ripped his scrotum over um, so as he twisted his body he went to get over the, over the bar the pole moved into a spot where no pole should go 
uh, he started his descent and, and dramatically <laughs> got his testicles, causing an almighty injury. That I think could probably make most men shudder, and it's making me shudder now, and I'm putting my legs together as I'm reading this. Um, the Paul's managed to go through his gym shorts, through his underpants, and then through his uh, ball sack. Um, and he's ended up with 18, 18 stitches. Now, the amusing, well, not amusing, it's quite cringy, but um, the thing that gets me is in the interview after he calmly says, We got in his car, drove to the hospital, and they stitched me up. Now, he's got a big gaping hole in his scrotum, his testicles are hanging out. Just got in his coach's car, as steady as you like, and we took him off to hospital. Yep. Now, that, I mean, that's an unfortunate injury, that, isn't it? Very unfortunate. Um, but it, it, it happens, doesn't it? Um, and it's, I guess it comes with part and parcel of doing, there's always that risk, and every time I watch Paul Volt or see anything like that, something I always think about, oh, what if it hits him under chin, or oh, what yeah. if it gets in between legs, or, yeah. or whatever, and... It's a da- dangerous looking spot. You've got to have some massive testicles in the first place to attempt it, I think. You know, to even <laughs> oh, to yeah. think, I'm going to run. You've got to be brave and get to propel. Put this in there, and I'm going to propel myself over there, you know, because yeah. it could go wrong at any point. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, brave lad, 21 year old. I wonder if he's gone back pole vaulting um, after. And then I wonder if he's uh, showing many people his uh, battle scar. Do you want to see my scar? Where is it? Uh, surely, surely though, after if this injury, I'm presuming, isn't that uncommon. I bet it's happened before and to other people other than this story. Surely they've got to now look at that, have um, whoever you know, whoever deals with bot and think, right, we need to make some kind of protection here for these people. Make some kind of, like the way a box or whatever they use Ooh. for American football, that kind of thing to protect that might make it. Make it worse though, right? A box. Like, well, imagine a box and then Paul, it's your box. Well. Wouldn't rip your scrotum open though, would it? <laughs> no, but it might do some other damage. Well, I don't know actually. I've never, never worn a box. Have you ever had any interesting injuries? Um, yeah. Well, maybe not interesting to some. I've had some some nasty injuries, definitely. Um, what would what would be your worst? I won't say the story. Uh, a, a story, and I don't know how true this this is. Uh, a story from my. Um, and at the amateur club I used to play at. Uh, shout out to the Normanton Knights. Um, <laughs> but I once heard a story. Up the knees. <laughs> up the knees. <laughs> once heard a story that um, a player had um, dislocated his hip playing uh, a game. Yeah. And his hip had come out and they were, tried to put it back in on the field. I don't know how true this is, don't get me wrong. Um, but when they'd put his hip back in, they'd accidentally <laughs> caught it. His testicle in the joint between his hip, and so it come out. And then when they put it back in, his, test, his, his testicle had got caught between, and they popped it back oh. in and squashed his testicle. I don't know who that is. Wow, but that's something I heard. Um, but no. So, f- so what would be your worst injury? The one that I've had. Yeah. My worst injury, um, probably the worst, is how it looked and and, um, and kind of what happened. Would your money maker? Me money maker would. Well, that on my hand, that was nothing, yeah. But my eye, my eye would definitely be. Um, <laughs> I've got a um, a steel mesh um, in my left eye, under, underneath my left eye, with two screws, um, just kind of holding my face together, really, um, from catching an elbow 
in my face, which smashed my eye socket. Um, and I, my eye started to drop like sloth from Goonies, uh, literally into my face. You couldn't see from outside, it just dropped. And it was only when I went to blow my nose that um, my eyeball blew out, kind of swelled up. Um, wow. And blood. So, so without you blowing your nose, would you know you've done? I wouldn't. It hurt a lot, and yeah. I'd kind of gone a little bit blind in that eye. Right. But I wouldn't have. It was only when I'd gone in and they took like an X-ray of my head, and they'd seen that you, my eye socket of how it was meant to be had kind of doubled in size, and there were a crack in it where my eye had started to kind of drip through. So they took me in the next day and kind of said, "Look, what we're going to do is we're going to cut your eye un- underneath your eye. We're going to small incision, and we're going to go in. We're going to." repair that break in there we're going to put some meshing in it and hold it in place and your eyes should sit nicely on it yeah. um, when I went in the, the surgeon well, unreal unbelievable I woke up with a little bit of ice on my eye and I asked my missus without time and I said oh just what does it look like and she said I can't tell um, there's no there's no mark there's no nothing and, and what they managed to do is they've gone in and moved my eye up into the roof of my head yeah. and, and done all the work in the small pocket where they'd Put this steel meshing in my face. Put two screws in my face, and literally, put, and literally, all the effect I had was that I couldn't feel my face for about six months um, around that area, that side. Six I, months. Yeah, there was no, no feeling in my top lip, on the left hand side, um, all around my face. I couldn't feel anything, um, and my eye, my tear ducts didn't work for a while. It took a while for them to come back. My eye were really dry. Right. But having said that, I was back playing rugby in six weeks. Because although rugby's a contact sport, you're not yeah. meant to get hit in the face. Uh, touch wood, uh, that I've never had any recurring injury of it, but it's always an interesting one when I say, oh yeah, I've got uh, a few screws in my yeah, face. Yeah. Plate and What's that, that like going through parts of care? It's never gone off as yet, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> So you've never had the finger because you've got some screws in your face? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. No, I haven't. Um, no, as I look at you now, though, they did a good job because obviously I've seen like facial injuries on on any sportsman before, yeah. and sometimes it has an effect on the eye, doesn't it? They get mm. a bit of a droopy eye, or if you look at, say, for instance, Sean Long, his eyes <laughs> wide open, he can't shut his eye now. Yep. So they've done a done a decent job. Um, I don't know what you look like before, but <laughs> I always look like sloth out of goonies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I think I was pretty fortunate in my career. I don't really think. I suffered, suffered that many injuries. I remember, I remember dislocating my elbow. We were, um, it were coming up to a Boxing Day game, and um, we went to do a wrestling session. And it got to end that session, and they had, a, they had they had a few wrestles, and I thought I'd got away with it. I want that cane on. I would, I like the technique stuff. But I didn't want to really stand up and wrestle someone to the floor because it was end of session and I'd, and I'd had enough. And I remember um, I got picked out last one to wrestle uh, against a big lad. And anyway, for some stupid reason, as I got taken down to the floor, I put my arm out to stop myself. Bang, and I heard this crack. And I just laid on the floor and I said, my elbow just heard a massive crack. And they're like, get up. There's not wrong with you. I said, I'm telling you, I can't get up. <laughs> we lifted up my T-shirt. And I had this like big lump where my tricep was supposed to be. And I said, I can't stand up. And it was so embarrassing because I was fine. Yes, it was painful, but I couldn't stand up because I couldn't get up. Um, so they had to phone an ambulance for me. <laughs> right, we're in the third floor of this old mill building in Batley. And they had to phone an ambulance. So these two blokes get up. And he goes, right, looks like you've broken the... Uh, 
you're humorous, Bone. Uh, I says, oh, it feels like it's dislocated because I can't bend it. Anyway, we're going to have to pick you up. So the guy, this hurt more than what my elbow did. They went to pick me up by my shorts and they just wedged me straight up. <laughs> so my shorts were that far up my backside. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, mate, my shorts are up my ass here. Can I just let my shorts out? And anyway, they helped me down, put me back at ambulance, put me on a load of morphine straight away. And I, I remember before the morphine really kicked in, I said to the ambulance driver, oh, my elbow's fine now, you can just take me home. And they're like, no, no, mate, we need, we need to take you to hospital. I'm like, no, no, you can just drop me off at home, I'm fine. And then obviously I dislocated my elbow and I was in the pot for six weeks. Um, and then not so long after, oh no, it was just before actually, I destroyed my thumb playing at Unslet away. And I always think injuries stop your momentum in your career. Um, or the, it's hard to get that momentum back with your confidence yeah, and everything yeah. else. So I think that probably <coughs> had a knock-on effect and stopped my momentum and everything else. But yeah, I think probably dislocating my elbow were my worst. It's um, part and parcel of, of sport though, isn't it? When, you know, when we sit here talking about injuries, that every sportsman will have an, uh, a tale to tell. Uh, I think it's one of those things that's part and parcel. You expect to get them, yeah. but on the other hand, you also know that you're only one bad injury away from re being retired, yeah, exactly, which is yeah. crazy. But you I still know. do it, don't you? You still yeah. do it. Yeah, you still do it. You still want to get back. You know, I got I got back playing after there. You know, and you try get back to where you once won. And like me now, I finished playing rugby. A cold, wet winter mornings, and I didn't suffer that many injuries, but they're a killer for me. And I just think, and I don't think I've actually come to terms with this yet fully. This is the after effects of me playing rugby. I don't think I've. It sits right with me in my mind, if that makes sense. That this is your own fault. This is a byproduct of what you wanted to do from a game that you loved so much. Um, but in my head, I'm always at conflict with it. I think I shouldn't be at that age where injuries are hurting me after my career. Um, so that I'm, I haven't completely come to terms with that in my head yet. Yeah, it's always a conflict. But yeah. Anyway. On to the next story. On to our next story. Um, so this it's one, fourth and final, eh? Fourth and final story. Um, we're not going to... There's some names on this, but this one's a bit too close to home, is this one. So this this female, uh, we'll say lives in West Yorkshire, uh, has turned her back on a 10-year army career to become an adult model on <laughs> Babe Station. Um... <coughs> Now, don't sit right with me. This like ten years, ten years in army. Yeah, where you could probably learn a trade. You, and she probably has. Yeah, learnt a trade, learnt a lot of things, and then she's gone to be a, a model on Burb Station. It, it, I don't know. It just we probably have a different opinion on this, me and you. I, I reckon then, because I get where you're coming from, but. And obviously, I will say it now, I have absolutely no kind of issues with anybody who chooses to do that type of work on, on an adult site or an adult TV channel. But I think with this, it's it's a bit of a, for her, if you, you know, uh, you, don't, you can't look at her and say, you know, what, look at her while she's doing is selling her body for money and flirting with blokes for money, da, 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 because she's actually gone out and defended her country for 10 years and kind of 
given her everything, more than what I have, uh, you know, in that kind of thing. And then she's gone, you know, I've had enough of this. And if she's a banging lass and yeah, she's still got it, why not? Your arm is a career. That's yep. a career. Now, she's young now, so Babe Station's going to work for her. Yep. But at some stage in her life, gravity is going to take an effect. Um, natural causes will take an effect. But you where? don't think she'll be able to go into another job from that? You know, like, she's like done 10 what? years of her life in the army, so surely yeah. she has got a trade, surely she's got some experience, surely she's, she'd be able to get a yeah, job in like security. One of, the, one of the things that she said, oh, the food was horrible, and we had to eat out of, like, metal tins. Yep. Now, I'm not being funny, you, and you've done 10 years of this, so you think you get used to it. And if if... If you had to go to war, it's not going to be glamorous, is it? Now, she's gone on there, and I'm not. I'm not knocking the trade, and I'm not knocking how anybody earns the money. But it, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. It's an interesting well, one. Well, she signed up at 17 year old. Yeah, so you don't know uh, what you're doing there. She's, uh, you know, she probably wasn't the uh, the maturest at that age. She, her body probably wasn't fully developed at that age, so she's chose to go. She might be a bit of a tomboy. She's chose to go in army, and then as she's been in the army, she's. It's not like she's gone in for a year or three years and gone. No, this isn't for me. She's done ten years, mate. Ten years is a long yeah, time. And then, and then decided it's not for her. And, and then, then been like. And then, so, she was spotted by a modelling agency. Then she's had a Brazilian butt lift, which has then gave her the confidence to start working in adult entertainment. Yep. What's a Brazilian butt lift? <laughs> like, what is that? Where, where, where do you buy this Brazilian butt lift? Brazil. <laughs> exactly. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, and how? Um, I, yeah, I mean, we can all say it's give us confidence after after the event. She lives local enough. Maybe we could get her yeah, own podcast no. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to talk uh, about it. Too local. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a Brazilian butt lift. That's new on me. Um, maybe maybe she's, I know it's this sounds bad, maybe she's got to a, uh, an age in life if she's at 27, I think it says she's it. Maybe she's got to a point where she's thought, I want to come out of the army and I want to settle down. I want to get, I know she could have gone into a normal job or whatever what you're saying. Down. Well, she might have gone, she might have got a boyfriend. Now she can have kids. She kind of works. Well, what does she have to do now for work? Sit on the other end of the phone. She's had years of walking up and down well, in other countries yeah, or carrying rifles and all this kind of thing. Now she's sat on the phone in her underpants and... Uh, and Is that what happens on Babe Station? I don't know, I've never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. So what does she do? <laughs> what he says on here? Daytime, she's just got blokes ringing up, complaining about the wives. <laughs> Why aren't they at work? And they're not at work. So complaining that so the wives she, are out earning and not back one. in there She hated having to wear a uniform in the army. But that's ten years in. You, you decide that after a week. She probably still wears a an army uniform one exactly. day a week. Well, what happens? Nurse's outfit one of the days. Maid well, outfit. What happens if Derek, fifty six, from Wakefield, says here, "I want you to put an army uniform on, and I'll ring you on this channel." <laughs> Is she going to turn around and say no? <laughs> so sometimes. They just want to chat about how their wife is doing their editing and they just want to chill. At night, you have the perv cams and I get to do stuff with other girls, like spanking. It's really fun. There's no sex involved, just a lot of teasing. Now, 
what if I don't know I'm obviously just thinking of things that come into my head what if the army's made of this way you imagine I can't imagine being a female in the army you know there's not there's not as many women in the army as there is men and I get that men in the army would be full of testosterone and quite highly sexed I bet in the army she's seen she'd be kind of I'm at, if I'm wrong then I, you know I'd apologise but maybe she's looked at as a bit like a piece of meat a little bit some, sometimes or well, a bit of a tomboy and or so she's given that perception of this is what I'm this is what I'm there for so then interesting question for you do you think because uh, she wants to be more glamorous she's had yep. a Brazilian butt lift and she's getting her nails done and she's getting her lashes done as she's said in this yep do you think then society has put her under pressure to be more fe- feminine female from being in an army which I'm guessing may strip you, strip you of some of your femininity yep. if that's the right word do you think then society and the pressures of social media and where you should look on social media has had an influence on this choice well yeah well, obviously obviously she's had she's gone one extreme to the other hasn't she she's gone from a very when you think of the army, you think of men in uniform on the front line with the guns and that kind of thing. What's the most girly thing, female, sexy thing that you can think of for a woman? Boom. You know, being a pole dancer or a stripper or a pole star, whatever. She's gone from that extreme of being looked at as a, oh, she's in army, she must be a big butch, you know, whatever. Now she's this sexy, glamorous woman who men ring to talk to. Not talk to her like a piece of crap and telling her to do 20 push-ups and, and that kind of thing you know what I'm saying yeah I know I just think though, like you decide that after a, a week a year 10 years in like it's a long time isn't it like, then to then back out and then go unless I, I suppose like we all do we fancy career change yeah. at some point but she's gone from one extreme yep. to the other aren't they? and this this story is obviously what you've what we've read and what the information that's been given from that story wouldn't it be interesting to actually have a conversation with somebody like this and say you know why why did you do this, this what is this, this story didn't come off unilad or anything like that by the way it came off the uh, telegraph and argos there right so <laughs> we aren't given any locations away it's very local to well west yorkshire so she might be in this coffee shop <laughs> I hope she's not in this coffee shop here, Wigan. <laughs> we haven't slagged her off anyway. But so this brings me on to my next question: What has been your worst job that you've ever had? Ooh, worst job. Um, well, that's a it's a tough one that because oh, I've, I've had some quite, horrendous jobs. I've been quite lucky that every job I've had. I, at the time of doing them, I genuinely enjoyed it. I started off working um, in a gym at a yeah. young age, nah, and I got paid peanuts, but yeah. I had to do a clean machines. Uh, I used to get free sunbeds, free protein. I used to use gym for free, so it worked for me, did that. And I were only young. I got loads of advice from other people. Uh, about oh, I can you is doing like... Just ten by ten. How they in my vest, and then, and then getting getting your dust stood out. Constantly in my vest at sixteen year old, and yeah. you know it were nice. People would come in. Older women and things are coming and be like, "Oh, can you show me how to use this machine?" Can you? No, do you? F- I don't know where you were going there. Can you show me how to use this? And it, and it was good for like an ego and yeah, and that kind of thing. Very social job. Yeah, really social. I did that. Um, are you are a people person. Aren't yeah, you? definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and then 
my then job then has always been around kind of sport, sport and rugby. Until now, we work in education, and I love, it. I love my job now. I've had some shockers, mate. mate. I um, when I were at, I was still I was playing at an academy. No, I don't think I'd actually started at academy. But just, but this was before then. So my first job, McDonald's. <laughs> you were lad. Yeah. I did two two weeks there. Absolutely hated it. One shift, I was making burgers in back, frying them. Kept burning my knuckles when you had to scrape down to get all rubbish off the off the grill. Kept burning my knuckles. Second one, worked a Saturday shift, eight hours solid on chips. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just do it. Right, so I'd open this bag of frozen chips, empty it into this big plastic, plastic bucket. Fries. Fries, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> French fries. Um, empty them into this plastic bucket that were on a machine. You press a button, it fill this metal basket up perfectly or what you needed. You put it in the fryer, you press one button. Then while you're doing that, it was about multitasking with this. So then you were chipping up all cartons, putting fries yep. in all other cartons. Now there were about four or five fries on go. So then they'd start beeping, and then you had to remember if one were on the first beep or the second beep, then you press it, shake it, put it back in, press the button, and then some were on the second fry. Once you'd done them, throw them into end bit, salt them, fill the chip machine up, eight yeah. hours solid. It put me off chips for a, or fry, McDonald's fries for about 10 years because I just couldn't bear that. It just used to bring, bring back horrible memories yeah. of there. And I remember, um, and I knew it was going to be less money, but this pub rang me up and they said, oh, we've got a job for you. You had to be a member and stuff, and you put your name behind bar if you wanted to work there. I got a trial. I was like, yeah, I'll take it. I know it's going to be less money. Uh, took this job at uh, Batley Nash, it was... Um, and absolutely loved it. And so I went from my worst job, probably to my favourite Everest job of working in a bar. Yeah. Um, I, used to pl- I used to work Saturday nights uh, and then play a game on a Sunday for the first team. Didn't need, I didn't need the, like, the money, and not in a big-headed way. I just used to love the job I used to go. And it's a bit weird for me, because I'm not, I'm not socially awkward, but I'm not as social as you. Yeah. But you used to meet loads of different people, talk to loads of different people see loads of loads of stupid stuff for the people at bar um, you'd think I'd have learnt my lesson from seeing other people do it but I never did but yeah so that was a good job and I'll tell you another job I had working at Sports Direct I've worked at Sports Direct so I was in my first year at uni and I was bored so I thought I need a job because I went back to uni in my mid 20s and I thought oh, I need a job because I'm bored I've gone from full time work to, it was like part time at uni hours that you had to do it. Go to a lecture at nine o'clock and that was the rest of your day. So, anyway, I got the job at Sports Direct because it was zero hours. So, I could work when I wanted. And anyway, they put me on trainers. I thought, oh, ideal this. Little did I know that you had to press yourself socks and inner soles and you got a little bonus for doing it. And guy would like to know, yeah, so. Every time someone comes to buy a train off you, you need to offer them some socks and some inner sales. No, I'm not doing it. No, no, you need to do it. You need to, they're our KPIs, you need to get sales up. No, no, I'm 25. I'm not doing it. it it's not me. I'm not into pressure. I'd, I'd hate that if I were going to buy a pair of trainers. And anyway, this same block, 
I must have sold last size of wall like you're supposed to do in my job and we shifted in and so I said oh, I started walking down the thing and he, he said to me Anthony you need to uh, fill that gap on the wall I said my shifter says you can't go until you fill that gap up and I just pardon you cannot go until I said I'm 25 year old I can do what I want my shifter and I'm off no you can't I said, well, just watch me. I said, anyway, I walked downstairs, got my stuff. Anthony, you can't go. If you leave now, you'll get a sack. I said, well, I won't get a sack because I quit. <laughs> I just left the <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> Drop the mic. I left. I was like, a 25 year old, who does he think he's talking to? We're one of those guys that had the blue uniform on. Hmm. So the standout, obviously, the blue uniform brigade, or were. Uh, senior in sports direction i'm not knocking them but this this bloke i thought i'm 25 year old he's not yeah. talking to me like this so i packed in so they're two of my worst jobs like i said my probably best job apart from where i'm working now for all all the work colleagues that's listening um i'd say working in a bar was probably my yeah. best job just because of the social aspect and then obviously my rugby but i never saw that as a job yeah um but yeah i've had a few jobs you know what? We all start somewhere. You, yeah, yeah. you start somewhere, and I don't think there's no disgrace in definitely any of places where you've said that at work. People might laugh at you and that kind of thing, but you're not because any day you're working. Oh yeah, no, people I, who work in McDonald's or a sports too. director or a whatever kind of job you do, at least you're working and you're not just sat on your backside. Yeah, I think one nothing. thing I've never been shy to work. And money is money wherever you earn it from. Yeah. That pound coin still looks the same. It doesn't matter where you've earned that pound coin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just wanted some money. But yeah, had some stinkers of jobs. And But I think what, at the end of the day, it's all character building, isn't it? It's all what makes you what you are. And it does make you appreciate when you do get a good job or where you're progressing your job, where you've come from. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've had some stinkers. But uh, all good fun. That's it. And... Uh, yeah, is that us? Is that us? So uh, I want to finish this podcast, if possible, um, with a, a couple of facts. I that, thought you were um, going to sing then. I thought you were going to do a Tyson Fury with a, <laughs> with a rendition <laughs> of American Pie. Yeah. Um, no, what I, one of our podcasts we did a few weeks ago in my car actually. Ooh. we spoke about the weather. Um, I did try and guide you away from this, I think. Yeah, and we spoke about the storms and things like that. And I were wrong to say that. All the storms and things that go wrong, and this because I had read this somewhere else. Uh, they were named after after women, and I always I wondered why. Now, one of our listeners um, had kind of got in touch. Um, <laughs> my mum, <laughs> no, I'd got in touch and kind of give me some facts on this. And actually, what it is is they actually name the uh, the weather, the storms, and these things that come yeah. alternative alternatively. So, one time it's is male. It alphabetical order as well. It's female, male, female, female, male, female. The reason I saw it like this and the reason why it comes across looking like there's so much female is it always seems to be the female ones that are worse. worse. Now, that's <laughs> not me saying that. That just, so for example, Storm, Kira, Kyra, whatever Kyra. it was, she was called, yeah. came and blew my fence down. <laughs> and I, What did Dennis do? I put it in my cup. <laughs> Dennis didn't do nothing. You know, Dennis just came and had a bit of a... Has he uh, has he blown the underpants off the line yet? <laughs> no, he hasn't. Right, um, and we're going to save that. We're going to save our story. Yeah. But 
listen carefully to this. So, this is going to come soon because I'm going to do a thread about this on our Twitter page um, and on our Instagram. But I've got the. I see this is really funny, and I'm, I'm saving up evidence of this. We'll just say it's someone that lives on your street. Yes. Who uh, has a pair of underpants on their washing line that have been there, nowhere ever lie, since 2019, and not the <laughs> end of 2019, the like beginning of 2019. And these underpants have been through. Well, they've been through everything. They've been through all the storms. They've been through summer, winter. You know, what all the different seasons. And they're there, standing strong on this washing line. What brand are they? What br- I don't know what brand they are, but they're a good brand. If go I can find out, can I'll you let can you go? Know. Yeah, no, because I'm going to buy a pair. Because uh, obviously <laughs> they're made for all weather. We can give them a shout out because they are solid underpants, solid and they've stayed there. So when uh, I've got a bit more footage, I'll get that posted yes. up on that. But yeah, uh, how long are you going to go until we do this thread? Well, I, I, I'm hoping we take it to summer. Summer. Because I've gone through the rain, the wind. I missed the snow the other day, which uh, if it comes again tonight, I'll get a video in the snow. Um, it'll be solid. We'll be solid, all that. But yes, yeah, so I think um, storms are named after male and then female, or yep. female and then male. And yep. I think it's done in alphabetical order. So we had Carter, and then we had Deli- Dennis, and then we had Ellen. So yeah. next one's going to be a male. Yep. Um, and hopefully it won't blow the underpants off the line. Um, <laughs> and then, have we got any more facts? Not from any of others of our tales. No, no, no. But I will, so. um, any more info we get, like we always say, please do get in touch. Reach out to us on uh, Twitter or Instagram, um, on our uh, social media. We're on Twitter at, uh, at Blokes2. And uh, we are on Instagram at TTBTP, which is at 2BlokesTalkingPodcast. Um Get in touch. Give us a few, give us a few reviews. Give us a few topics to talk about. We'll always yeah, try and. And uh, obviously, the uh, certificate offer still on. Um, <laughs> someone someone came to our house actually and asked me to remind them of the email address so they could get one of these certificates. That's not how it works. You have to listen to the email address that I'm going to read out right now. It is two blokes podcast at yahoo.com. Now, if you reach out to us through our email, are you? Reach out through us Instagram, Twitter, and uh, we'll send you a DM. We'll get you then contact details. I will send you a Two Blokes Talking podcast certificate that you will have to print out at home, but it'll be one of our certificates, and it'll prove that you are one of our listeners. Um, so you will get one, and if you, and I'm not going to just tell you this through text or anything. You have to listen. So it's at Two Blokes Podcast at Yahoo.com. Get in touch, and you'll get a certificate. And on that note, we're going to say goodbye. Big thank you to uh, the coffee shop that we're in for allowing us to uh, make this podcast. Yes, Um, and thank you for (laughs) listening. Uh, We appreciate it as always. All right, see you later. Bye-bye now.